Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. HudsonRiverRadio.com. It beats listening to nothing. It's right. It's right. It's being frank, where the only way to be is frank. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Being Frank, where the only way to be is, well, frank. I'm your host, Frank Maglono. Good evening, everyone. It's the 14th of July. This is our 30th show. We're, we're rolling right along now. And I want to remind you that we stream live every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. at HudsonRiverRadio.com. We come from there studios in historic Stony Point, New York. And I do mean that. That's not just a throwaway line. My guest and I are going to talk a little bit about that because they've got a big anniversary coming up in just a couple of, couple of days, 243 years. It's a, a very pivotal Revolutionary War battle was fourth day. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But of course, we want to remind you that you can catch us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, our iHeartRadio, etc. If you care to watch us, and you should, I dress so nice today, Amanda would be proud of me, uh, you can go to Twitch TV. If you go to the uh, HudsonRiverRadio.com website, you'll see our thing, click on Twitch, and you'll be able to watch us as well as listen. Neil Richter is our engineer. As I like to say, he drives the bus. I am the tour guide for the next 40 minutes or so of intelligent conversation. We've got plenty of that coming tonight. One more uh, thing of business before we meet our guest. I have an email now uh, that I can check. I have it up right here. If you're listening, you can't see me gesturing, but I have uh, my computer page up uh, with the uh, email and uh, you can ask questions. You can make comments live and we'll be glad to uh, read them on the air towards the end of the show. The email address, and it's easy to remember, is the name of the show and where we broadcast, or where, excuse me, where we stream from. That's old term now, broadcast. We stream. And it's beingfrankhrr at gmail.com. Being Frank, one word, that's the name of the show, hrr for Hudson River Radio at gmail.com. Just one more time, beingfrankhrr at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from from you. Okay, let's begin. Got a great topic tonight. Uh, it, it seems to affect everybody, and that is uh, a broad term, and we're going to try to narrow it down a little bit for you, and that's affordable housing. Some uh, incredible statistics came out today with inflation and possible recession, etc. New York City has uh, reported the highest rent increase percentage-wise in 40 years, and that's 25%. 
So everybody's having trouble now securing uh, a place to live. And for some people, it's virtually impossible. And our guest, uh, we'll talk about it. So uh, uh, let's meet him. Uh, he began his career working for New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller in Albany, got his law degree and then practiced law in Rockland County, New York, very briefly. And then he was elected Rockland County executive four times and served as the executive for 20 years. Uh, he has served as president for so many civ civic organizations, including the Rockland Historical Society and too many more to mention. Now, among his other honors and positions, he is the executive director of the Rockland County Habitat for Humanity. Please welcome Scott Vanderhoff. Scott, thank you so much for joining us here on Being Frank. Uh, my pleasure, Frank. Nice to be here. You and I uh, go well back uh, for people who, and, and, and because we do stream, and believe it or not, I do have people actually listen in Australia, sometimes in Europe, but for those of us, uh, those of the core of our listening audience is in Rockland County. Uh, so they re might remember the old TKR cable days, uh, which was the local cable company, and we had a very vigorous local programming department of which, in a sense, you were a big part of as Rockland County Executive, appearing, appearing on many shows, keeping people up to date with events happening in Rockland County. So uh, we go way back that way. Uh, and it, Go ahead, Scott, I'm sorry. No, 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 we do. And, and I remember some of the, the old studio down there, I think it was a Mawa or Ramsey, uh, where you guys were operating, uh, doing everything, <laughs> running yes. cameras, doing directing, what happened? Pretty much, pretty much. I mentioned uh, when we were talking a little bit off air before you came on about uh, a great book, I forget the humorist who wrote it, it was called Everything But Money. And that was certainly how we operated in TKR days. We had wonderful creative freedom, but nobody made any money there. But those those were the old days. But I, I wanted to use that to lead into, you know, your, your background is so varied between, you know, rather powerful political positions, being the uh, the only the second um, at that time uh, county executive in Rockland County history, which dates back to 1793 as a county. Uh, and yet you've also uh, held many positions, civic positions and nonprofits, et cetera. I'd like you to contrast the two things, if you might. What are some of the challenges in each? What are some of the rewards? Well, I mean, that's a, a very broad question. I think certainly, first of all, Rockland County was formed in 1798. And uh, just, um, in fact, we had our 1998, we had our bicentennial celebration. We had the tall ships. That was lots of fun. It really was. Uh, I remember but, it well. Yeah. But I think, you know, the, the, the idea of service, when I first got out of college, not to belabor this, but when I worked for Nelson Rockefeller, um, I, I saw that this idea of service, which, which he was, I mean, and the way he handled things in, in the governor's office. And I think uh, that and my father and my mother, but, you know, a lot of that is the service issue really is, is most prominent, which is why I'm proud of, you know, those, those pieces of the United Way or Historical Society or Ramapo Central School District or what have you. Uh, it's a way of giving back. You don't get paid for it, um, <clears throat> but it's something really important to the community. <clears throat> when you're serving as a political uh, person, it, it's a little different, except that you're dealing in, in that case, at least when I was there with 3000 employees, uh, and you get into all the politics, not like politics today, I might add. I was going to I was going to mention that and <clears throat> we might spend a minute or two after please finish oh, yeah. how that how much that has changed and why, perhaps. 
I, you know, well, it's complicated, but I, I wouldn't fit in, uh, to be honest with you. Okay. When I was uh, exec, we worked, we often disagreed with the Democratic legislature and, Demo and Republican legislature, but we worked, I think, to get things done. And uh, I really believe, I believe that, um, you know, we tried to lower taxes as much as we could. We tried to, we created parks, uh, we built uh, 2,400 affordable homes, which had never been done by a county, you know, county with a combination of HUD and others. So I think we did some really good things. So, but some of the things I enjoy the most are the Havistraw Bay Park, uh, which is now named after Paul Pepperato, who passed away too soon. Um, that's a great park. Uh, it's the only park, county park on the Hudson River. My point, though, is that it, you know, government is a question of trying to leverage uh, both position and uh, reasonableness and trying to find ways to improve things, just as you do in, in any not for good not for profit. You're trying to always in, improve things and move to the next step. And um, I, I miss government, um, but I would not, as I point out, I would not um, work too well, I don't think, in today's current environment. Scott, you know, that's a wonderful discussion that we can have for another day. You, of course, would be welcome back. And, and we can, I, I think it's, it, it has a lot of validity and uh, brings people to an understanding how things have changed. But that's not our focus for tonight. So we won't, we won't go there this time, but, but I reserve the right <laughs> to call you back on that for another time, because I think it would be a wonderful discussion to have. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, let's let's get you up to date in your current position as the executive director of Rockland County's Habitat for Humanity. Now, most people are familiar at least with the name Habitat for Humanity, and it's often associated with Jimmy Carter because of his advanced age as president, still actively involved. But I'm not sure how many people really know what Habitat for Humanity is, where did it come from, who founded it, how who found it it uh how is it funded things of that nature could you could you fill us in please scott sure sure uh habitat for humanity um was created well it started in a farm in amicus uh, americus uh georgia uh it started in 1973 and the concept then and it still is the concept which is a participatory uh, building of homes um, where, where folks get involved in the building of homes. In 1976, um, a pair of family uh, decided to create, um, uh, Millard and Linda Fuller decided to create a corporation, which was Habitat for Humanity International. So 1976 was its beginning. It now is involved, or it's now in every state of the United States, it's in 70 countries as well outside of the United States. And you know, the principal idea of it is, is partnership housing. And, and the concept generally, and is what we do in Rockland, I should say, in all of the states and in each area, there is an affiliate. So we're an affiliate of Habitat International, which is located in Georgia. And affiliates, and this is important for those who want to donate, affiliates raise their own money for their own areas and they, and they give tithes and other things to international um, and sort of fees, but they don't get money from the government. They don't get it's money. It's not government funded at all. No, no, no I government funding no, no, at all. It's generated only by, by supporters and by the way they work. And this is how it works briefly. Please. What happens is Habitat basically looks for homes that, that or looks for property, sometimes homes, looks for property parcels to build a home 
um, for a needy family. And that building of the home is done by volunteers. So the volunteers go in there and they build a home and the home is then sell, sold for substantially less than it would be worth in the marketplace. And the persons, the individuals who get to purchase the home have a couple of requirements. They have to be lower income generally. Um, they have to go through a process of learning how to use money. They have to actually put 200 hours of service into that volunteer effort to, to make that uh, house a reality, that home a reality. They have to have a good credit, relatively good credit rating. They have to have no problems for 18 months in terms of any kind of financial difficulties. And they have to have money enough that ultimately they can purchase the house from Habitat. So what happens is that family, if they're selected, they then purchase for substantially reduced price, the house which has now been built by volunteers. No, basically at interest, low interest at all, or almost no interest at all. The money that's taken by the purchase of the house then goes into the selection and purchase of a new property to rehabilitate and build for another new family. So it's like self-generating then in a, in a sense. But I, 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 and I was not aware that the homes are not given, if you will, they're not given away. There is, there are, I don't know if strings attached, that's, that's an awkward way of putting it, but there are certain requirements that have to be met, which you, which you mentioned. That's right, yeah. And what we like to say, this is not a handout, it's a helping hand. Thank so you. the families that, that have an opportunity to, to do this, um, really are required to, to, to help as well. So let me give you an example of the last house we did, because that makes it a lot more, it, it flushes it out. Please. The last house we completed um, was this February, January, February. And to give you a sense of this, Frank, this house um, in Hilburn, New York, okay, was a place where it was, there was food in the, in the bottom uh, part of the basement, what have you, been, been there, been there, I guess about six months never looked at. There were people occupying the house at all different times. There were drugs being used in there. Uh, the place was a complete disaster. The, the county of Rockland, uh, working with the village of Hilburn and the mayor there, we bought the property for $60,000. So we have now a house, a dilapidated house, and a mess for $60,000. 13 months uh, with hundreds of volunteers later, Approximately 5,000 volunteer hours later, the house was appraised for $400,000. The family that was chosen um, from Rockland County, the family of a single mother and two sons, bought the house for $160,000. So they now, and, and of course, people will ask, well, what about the remaining value? Well, Habitat holds on. There's a mortgage, a second mortgage. So Habitat holds on if anything should go wrong or if they wanted to sell it or what have you. So the value is there, but they get the house uh, for that kind of price. So ultimately their mortgage, and th there's a caveat here, their mortgage in some of the cases of Habitat uh, can be about what you might pay in Rockland County for a uh, for a, a you know a one or two bedroom apartment. No, go ahead, please continue. No, I, what I was going to say is, and this comes to the question: people want to know what's affordable. The, the definition is a moving target. All right, because yes. one of the things that happens is, even though this house 
is now a really beautiful house and a beautiful home now for a family. The taxes, which are Rockland's Achilles heel. Yes, huge here. Mm -hmm. You know, that that is so difficult because you add on to the mortgage costs, the ten or eleven thousand dollars, I think, or twelve thousand dollars that this house had has as a matter of taxes makes its affordability for families that much more difficult. Even when you have a situation like this where the mortgage, because we use volunteers to build this thing, uh, with the mortgage can, you know, uh, is, is relatively small. So you still have that issue of affordability. And I just want to add to that, to your point, in the last couple of years, the average house in Rockland County, this is the, the average median house, is $539,000. Okay, and that has increased by between 15 and 17%. This, now we're talking about the home value. Uh, so when you think about that, the number of people who, are, who struggle to meet ends um, in Rockland County for affordable housing is enormous. And so someone would say to me, for example, you remember the old story that George Bush, the senior, used to say, you know, there are all of these a, a, a girl is throwing piece by piece starfish into back into the ocean. There are hundreds of them all over the beach that have been stranded there. And an old man goes and says, well, what are you doing that for? I mean, you can't save all of them. And she picks up the starfish and she throws it into the ocean. She says, but I can save that one. Right. And, and right. that's sort of what habitat, you know, <clears throat> one, one step at a time. So, and I know people will ask, uh, how does one apply? You said there are certain requirements, then uh, they would have to be eligible. How would one even apply? Well, when, when a house is available, and there are none at the moment, but I'll talk about something else in a second on that. There are, we don't have property because it's so difficult to get. We're sneaking around trying to find a property that we can buy for substantially less. Most of the properties we try to buy are tax delinquent, okay? So the people haven't paid a long time. That was the Hilburn property, which is why we were able to get it for that 60000 But what happens today is because of the value of property, if the property actually goes up for bid, then what happens is everybody's bidding, you know, because it's so valuable. So little, little folks like Habitat, uh, usually are, are not successful. But when we have a property, when we have a property available, we go through a screening process. We invite folks uh, just through the, you know, advertising, what have you, to apply. And of course, you get lots and lots of people. And, and remember, we're not talking about Section 8 kind of housing. We're not talking about um, affordable housing in different areas. We're talking about specifically home ownership. So there's a specific issue as to home ownership. And then what happens is we have a committee that reviews the applicants, all of whom have to meet the, you know, relatively stringent uh, guidelines, not only in that, in that lower income uh, bracket, but employed, uh, having a pretty good, relatively good credit, all those kinds of things. They go through a whole, for those selected, uh, there's a whole background check, a you know, legitimate background check. So there are a lot of things that a potential applicant uh, must do and complete. And of course, they must agree to what we call sweat equity, which is that 200 hours or so while their property is being built. So it's a, it is a rigorous process uh, to select uh, a family. And needless to say, there are many who might uh, well deserve it and might uh, even um, qualify who, who you know, are turned away because they're just, we just can't do it. 
Now, some habitats in Bergen County, for example, they do two homes or three homes a day uh, really? in habitat. And I was talking to Dutchess County today. They, they've done two or three every year. How, uh, you know, they've got lots of money and they have lots of support. So, and, you know, how, we're, we're, go ahead. No, I'm just curious with, with, with the numbers and how many, how many here in Rockland County have you managed to do, uh, say, per year or? Well, since since the the agency was the habitat here was formed in nineteen the mid nineteen nineties, uh, we did four in Hilburn, four in Spring Valley, and I think two two in Haverstraw. So um, that that's our record, and the families are, as far as I know, almost all of them are happy. Uh, there's only been one default, to my knowledge, and um, so yeah, I mean, we, you know, we are a we are a up and comer. We're not a. We're not as as grand as, as some of these others, and you know that's true for so many not for profits. They're trying to find their way and trying to in in Rockland, trying to raise money for all sorts of things that are that are important. You know, between hunger uh, yes, and housing, issue, yes, you know those yeah. those issues are really Rockland really suffers. And yeah, and, I mean, people don't see it here because there people see Rockland as an affluent community bedroom community for New York City, if you will, for people who are not familiar with the area. And and uh, so I, I don't think a lot of these people are in what, what you might call plain sight, but but they're here and it gets worse and worse. No, it now, does. And and it is. It's the quiet thing. Um, you know, great organizations like People to People and a lot of our churches and what have yes, you do I such answer, a good job. Yes. And it's all, you know, they do it and, and it's really, it's needed. And housing is a major issue. So Habitat fits one piece of it. Of course, then the, you have the whole county, the HUD issues, the Section 8, then you have other kinds of affordable uh, housing, which is out there. Um, a lot of it built by HUD um, or, or HUD-type grants. But it, it, it is, for many, I, I read a statistic that older adults, at least 50% uh, of them have had some sort of housing issue in their lifetime you know, difficultly. And so well, it, it's not unusual. Well, with that in mind, how would you respond to critics who say, by the numbers, with, with it's such a pressing problem, and I want to continue with that, then we've got to take a, a little bit of a break. But, you know, approximately 10 homes in about 25 years, wonderful for 10 families, but it's only 10 families when thousands of thousands of people need help. How would you respond to that uh, criticism. Well, somebody, I mean, it, yeah, it, because it's just all money. Uh, you, you, it, it's, it's money that you, you need to generate to be able to purchase the property to begin with. I mean, once we have the property, our volunteers take over, as I point out, 5,000 hours to rebuild the house, which gives us, you know, gives us a little money. So for example, we take a little money from each sale, but, but uh, that money that comes back to us as a result of all the volunteer help then goes and plows into the next. And once you get going, you know, th then you really have a success. Now, we are a small habitat. A lot of habitats, Frank, there are two other points I want to make, but one is a lot of habitats that are very successful have what they call a restore. A restore is a, a store uh, which habitat runs throughout the country in different places, um, which, which sells used, good, nice used furniture at a discounted price and take the, takes the proceeds from that and plows it back into housing. So that's one of the things that we wanna do here in Rockland in the next couple of years 
is to create a restore where you have an actual store that, you know, somewhere in the middle of Rockland, uh, I would hope, where people can purchase relatively new, uh, almost new um, uh, furniture and the money, they got a tax break and the money comes in. So for example, millions of dollars are raised down in Bergen County with a restore. I just wanna mention one other thing. It's not just, um, not just homes. There's also a revitalization program, which is called Brush With Kindness, which we're doing right now. And as an example, uh, the Maggie Conway house is a boarding house in Orangeburg, New York. They have no, their bathrooms were in terrible shape. They had walls are in terrible shape. And a friend of ours, John Murphy uh, said, hey, can Habitat help? Well, we said, sure. So we gone down there taking our volunteers. We spent about 300 hours so far building four new bathrooms, uh, doing all kinds of work for that, for that boarding house. Um, and it's one of those things that's called brush with kindness that you don't really see too much, but Habitat is there, even though it's not a new house. It's, there are about 19 folks who live there uh, and all this work was really needed. So just thought I'd mention that that's, that's also what we do. To remind everybody you're watching Being Frank, where the only way to be is Frank. I'm your host, Frank Lobono. Our very special guest tonight is Scott Vanderhoff, the executive director of Rockland County, Rockland County's Habitat for Humanity. Before we go to the break, uh, I want to make uh, or talk, see if we can make one more good point. You mentioned as part of your administration, one of the things that you were particularly proud of was cre the creation of 2,500 affordable housing units, okay, which is certainly a more sizable number than the 10 created by Habitat, and we understand it's a different process, et cetera. But it seems to me that for some reason, there's this tremendous need for affordable housing, yet it's a political football that everybody seems to be kicking around. Uh, and if you will, there's the acronym NIMBY. Everybody seems to want it. Yes, we need affordable housing. My cousin does, my son does, but this one does. As long as it's over there, it's not in my backyard. And we seem to be combating that all of the time. Yeah. You know, what do you think, what, politically, why does it seem to be so difficult to get something so necessary done? Well, there are, there are a lot. First of all, you need to break down affordable housing. Remember, Habitat, its principal thing is home, home ownership. But a lot of affordable housing is not that. It, it's rental, right. it's rental, it's condo, you know, it's a combination of other things. It's not um, a home ownership for a family. So when you start talking about affordable housing, there are all sorts. So you have subsidized affordable housing, which is where basically section eight, that's one type of housing. And then there's a whole other set um, of housing, which is below the market value for lots of people that, that have been built in different places, which are done by combinations, partnerships, if you will, between, in our case, the county, uh, HUD, and developers. And, and those are sold, they're not, they're not subsidized you know, homes. These just, they're homes that are under the market value. And, and the problem, of course, in Rockland or any suburban is area is, you know, nobody wants, nobody likes that necessarily. They're worried about their, their values going their down. Their property values, it's and, always the response. You know, so what you'll find, at least what I have found, is that you find that places where there are villages or other places where there is already a, a, a group of homes or homes which are not maybe not as, uh, not as expensive, 
that there is more likelihood that people can will approve it. But one of the reasons why Habitat is, is really different is not just that we provide the home ownership, but we provide the home ownership in, in all sorts of communities. It's a home that usually is there already or a property that's there already. We're not building something, you know, and, and one other thing, we don't build at this point multiple units. We build one house at a time for one family. Scott, we're going to go for a brief commercial break. When we come back, switch gears a little bit as uh, your position of the uh, president, former president of the Rockland County Historical Society. And uh, we live again here uh, in Rockland County, New York, about so, I don't know, 35 miles from Midtown Manhattan in one of the most historic uh, places in the country. So much history has happened here, including the Battle of Stony Point, which happened on uh, June 16th, 1779. We're going to talk a little bit about that and, and more. So don't go away. You're watching Being Frank. I'm your host, Frank Labono. My guest, Scott Vanderhoff. Got more fun to come. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. HudsonRiverRadio.com. Hi, this is Allison Turkin. Did you know you can now subscribe to all of our Hudson River Radio podcasts, including Getting Dirty? You can also sponsor one of our shows to get your message heard locally and around the world. Just shoot an email to info at HudsonRiverRadio.com and we'll get you started. That's info at HudsonRiverRadio.com. Subscribe to Getting Dirty on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jennifer Lorenzo here. Did you know there used to be a missile launching site right here in Rockland County? Did you know that Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, and Aaron Burr all spent time in the Hudson Valley? Join me for Let's Talk History, where we discuss interesting stories and facts about our own Rockland County. Join me for Let's Talk History on HudsonRiverRadio.com. Subscribe to Let's Talk History on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Mercedes Kent. And Big Jim Wheeler, and we're on The Silver Screen. That's right, that's the name of our show, The Silver Screen. You can listen to us every Thursday night, right after the news at 6 o'clock. And we're going to be talking about show business, movies, and TV. Well, just about anything you want to hear. Every Thursday night, right after the news at 6 o'clock, The Silver Screen on HudsonRiverRadio.com. This is HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. Welcome back to Being Frank, we're the only way to be. 
is Frank. I'm your host, Frank Lebrona. We are streaming live Thursday evening, the 14th of July at HudsonRiverRadio.com, where Neil Richter is our engineer. My very special guest tonight is Scott Vanderhoff. We talked about Habitat you. Uh, habitat for humanity forgive me as well as uh, affordable housing and people have to realize they're similar things but they are not identical things and their approach is slightly different and i think mr Han mr vanderhoff made that point very accurately tonight but we changed gears slightly we're going to come back to it afterwards and see what the future is but before that i, I mentioned and i always people think i'm teasing but i'm not i always say in beautiful historic Stony Point, New York, because it is that historic, as is so much of this area of Rockland County, particularly up and down the Hudson River. And I want to read a little bit about the Battle of Stony Point, which, as I mentioned, took place on July 16, 1779, during the American Revolutionary War. In a well-planned and executed nighttime attack, a highly trained select group of George Washington's Continental Army troops under the command of Brigadier General Mad Anthony Wayne defeated British troops in a quick and daring assault on their outpost in Stony Point, New York, approximately 30 miles north of New York City. Scott, uh, I know you're familiar as the, as again, I mentioned the former president of the Rockland Historical Society, which must be a great privilege. So much history, so much Revolutionary War history happened right here, including the Battle of Stony Point. And you have something to add uh, to that wonderful story, that incredibly historic story. Yeah, very quickly, you have to go back a couple of years. Um, uh, in um, 19, or 18, 1770, I think it was 77 or 70, yeah, around there, there was a thing called Baylor's Massacre, where a fellow by the name of Major John Andre, working for the British, brought them in and literally bayoneted um, Washington's troops, actually um, Matt Anthony Wayne's troops in New Jersey. Just yeah, the site the is still there, by the way, the site is still there in Japan. It is passing on my way to my mother's house. It <laughs> is still there. Basis. And uh, yeah. John Andre was at that point, the map maker who had been here for years, but, but so you connect John Andre, who later of course was captured in Tarrytown, but that battle, that Baylor's massacre Mad, Mad Anthony Wayne, what he decided to do was he was going to do it different to show the British who were gentlemen. And it's really important to note that the key to that raid, which was at 1220 on, on July 16th, was an African-American who was known to the British, who came up to the guards who were there and carried a conversation on before they were literally got him by the mouth and put those guards down quietly and secretly in the middle of the night. So the hero of that battle, uh, was in fact an African-American guy, I guess his name, I forget his name, but um, he was the key to it. They went in there and they decided they had no guns. The guns were not going to be used. There had bayonets, but for purpose to show that the real gentleman and the real, you know, the, the, the chivalry uh, was the Americans and not the British. They were told everybody there was captured, 543 Britain's uh, Englishmen were captured. They, they lost about 63 people, but they were not bayoneted. Uh, he told them that, you know, they would hold their quarters and it was all a message to give um, to the British that we were in fact better suited. And I, I think it's fascinating. Um, now, you know that we lost the, the, the fort later on, not long after that, but 
it was a critical piece along with everything else. And the fact that that this was a response to a massacre led by John Andre and, and the British um, in part, uh, I think it's just an interesting sidelight to, to history. Yeah, Andre is, is a very familiar name, should be to any uh, any history buff of the American Revolution, but particularly anybody here in Rockland County, since so much of that story, people don't remember, uh, he was the man who was uh, char actually charged himself to get the plans from Benedict Arnold for West Point and sailed up the river, was eventually stranded uh, to King's Ferry and Havistraw. It's a long, long story, which we won't get into today. We'll save it for, for another day. Maybe I'll have you and, and uh, Bob Norton, the owner of the 76 house, come on and talk about it together, where he was eventually captured into Pan, as you mentioned, then brought, I mean, in Tarrytown, then brought for trial and into Pan, was held at the 76 house, America's oldest tavern, which is still there in Japan. Uh, the trial took place at the Presbyterian Church, which is still there in Japan, yeah, yeah. And, well, and the yeah. hanging site, etc. So it, very fascinating how all of these things all came together. Yeah, and of course, Andre, uh, who was very familiar with Tapan and Rockland, um, he wanted to be shot as a British yes. soldier, and Washington refused, and they hung him right there on the hill in Tapan because they captured him not in uniform. They captured him in regular clothes. But there's still a question about who captured him. I think it's, there were cowboys. The cowboys in those days were folks who didn't belong to any side. They just were, you know, rogues. Um, but anyway, so he was hung, and that site is still there in Tapan, yeah. just not far from the 76 house. Yeah, that's that's a, a story for another day. When I, I can add a few tidbits from uh, some research that I did from a, an old story we did in the old TKR days, as we had mentioned. Scott, before we go, though, I want to talk a little bit about the future. Uh, what is the future for Habitat for Humanity? W what can they continue to do to alleviate the, the housing crunch here in Rockland County? And uh, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get more information about Habitat for Humanity. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Frank. The, uh, habitatrockland.org. Habitatrockland, all one word.org. Uh, I would suggest and I, I would encourage um, your folks to take a look at it. That's our site. Um, the pictures and things are up there. We just had a fundraiser, uh, one of our, our annual fundraiser uh, honoring uh, William uh, Helmer, Bill Helmer, uh, who is one of our major contractors and leaders in Rockland County. Uh, there are pictures and what have you, and a place to donate. Um, so we're always looking for donations. I think the key for us is to continue to search and very uh, difficult for properties to rehabilitate, um, to renovate, or to simply purchase. We're working on a couple right now, if we can do it. Uh, again, we're competing against, uh, because there's no special, there's no special deal that we get. We, we have to be uh, on our toes to pick these properties up for uh, whatever tax uh, delinquencies there are. So we're working on a couple of those. You know, we'd love to be able to build two, two homes a year, um, like some of these larger, yeah, try like to get the larger habitats do. We would love to reestablish this restore because it pours money in that can be used uh, to purchase the properties and then get families uh, in there. And, and as you know, and, and I don't, living today and the cost of living, uh, housing, and as I say, hunger, um, they're, they're just major issues. So we have our work cut out for us and uh, we have a good board at this point. And I'm hoping that more and more people know that Habitat, and this is important, that Habitat Rockland is, 
don't give it to the international. I mean, you can if you want to, but money that comes to us stays in Rockland County. And I think that's important to, to emphasize. I don't mean anything against them, you know, our, our friends in Georgia. It just means that that's the way Habitat works. We want to see it. You want to see it done here. Yeah. Scott Vanderhoff, Executive Director, Rockland County Habitat for Humanity. Thank you so much. So informative. You'll come back. We'll talk politics. We'll talk history. We'll talk a lot. We're, we're, we're both pretty good at that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Frank. My pleasure. You'll always be welcome back here at Being Frank. I want to remind everybody that we have a new Gmail address where you can uh, write to us with comments, questions, and we'll address them on the air. The, address, the email is beingfrankhrr at gmail.com, beingfrankhrr, okay, all one word, at gmail.com. And we've got one already. It comes from Randall Pinkston, hopefully a name that most of you are familiar with, a former colleague of mine, one of my favorites at CBS, a longtime reporter who covered stories all over the world in every war zone imaginable, including the Ukraine. And he has a question for Phil Itner, who has been our guest a few times, has come to us live from Ukraine. And he asks, as Russia continues its military grip on eastern Ukraine, do you think they will increase their attacks on the country as a whole? Mr. Itner responds, I don't think it will be a consolidation of territory that decides it, but rather that the U.S. supplied HIMARS, our special uh, long-range artillery missiles, are able to penetrate deep into Russia, and they may retaliate in kind. The full-fledged Ukrainian counteroffensive is not likely to start for a few more weeks. So we appreciate that, Randall. Thanks for checking in, and thanks for responding, Phil Litner. And of course, you can write as well, and, and we'll get to your questions. Uh, before we close with some great original music from one of my favorite bands, the Slippery Chickens, they got a new album out, and we got a great cranking tune from them we're going to hear in just a minute. But I'd like to share something with you. It's kind of my philosophy. I can be sometimes aggressive in my social media posts, particularly on certain subjects, and, and this is why. And it comes from Eli Wiesel. We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the, tor the tormentor, never the tormented. So no, we will not be quiet here. We will continue to deal with issues of importance like homelessness, like affordable housing, like the war in Ukraine, like food insecurities, LGBTQ plus rights, et cetera, et cetera. We will not be silent. Okay. And, uh, Here's somebody else who's not going to be silent. So we're going to close the show with Ain't That Crazy from the Slippery Chickens. And remember, at the bottom of the alley, we've got Scott and Alex and the Hudson Valley Jam, some more great live music. Thanks to Neil Richter driving the bus up there in Stony Point. Once again, thanks to my guest, Vanderhoff, Scott Vanderhoff. And of course, thanks to all of our viewers and listeners. I'm your host, Frank Lobono. We'll catch you on the next Being Frank. Thank you.
makes it cool.